Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 112 of In the Middle of It. The podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I am Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. Now, the thing that we're talking about today is something that I consider to be one of my personality traits or gifts or abilities. I don't know what you would call it exactly, but but I feel like it is definitely my jam, and that is looking at the big picture. And here's what I mean by that. When I was a new teacher, one of my biggest challenges was figuring out what to prioritize because with that big picture view that I had, I could look down and see all the different pieces of teaching that I needed to do. And I have to admit that I was often paralyzed into not taking any action at all because I didn't know which thread to pull on first to kind of unravel how to do things. So what I eventually realized was I needed to take that big picture look at it and use it to my advantage for setting my priorities because I found that it was not serving me to try to base my priorities at the granular day-to-day level of, of just everyday responsibilities. I really needed to look at the full vision of what I wanted for my teaching and really choose a North star, which would be just the thing that I valued most, like what value was going to guide choosing which pieces of my job to pick up and do first. So that was my big question. What North star should I pick? Was it connecting with my students? Was it creating relationships with my colleagues? communicating with the parents of my students or pleasing my administrators. Maybe it was jumping into leadership roles to make a place for myself at the district level. Was it making sure that my students left my classroom knowing what they needed to know? So all this big list of things, like again, looking down at that huge full picture and thinking about all those things, my knee-jerk reaction was, all of the above, of course, but trying to focus on all of the things all of the time is a recipe for crazy making, whether you have a ton of experience or whether you're brand new. So I took the opportunity to observe the extraordinary people around me that I had the privilege to work with. And just to give you a brief sketch of where I was, my third year of teaching, the beginning of my third year of teaching, I helped open a brand new middle school in Northern Virginia. And for that particular district, opening a school was a privilege and something that was exciting. And the principal who was chosen to uh, open a new school, that principal would get to kind of cherry pick different candidates from all of the other schools within the district. And it was a very large one. I want to say at the time I was there, I think there were at least 26 middle schools. So the principal would would kind of cherry pick and then pull in other hires, whether they were new teachers or experienced teachers who were maybe moving into the area, which there were a lot of because it's a very transient area just outside the D.C. tri-state area of Virginia, D.C. and Maryland. Anyway, so what that meant was as a very much still a beginning teacher, I was working among the ranks of extraordinary, I'll I'll use that word again, extraordinary colleagues. And so what I started doing was looking around and seeing what my colleagues were doing. And there are two that I remember specifically that after watching, 
I could tell that they had two very different North Stars guiding them. And as I fleshed out my memories on this, it was very clear to me that I, would, I resonate more with one than the other. And I really had to stop and think about that because I think both North Stars were valid it just depends on what your end game is. So I'm gonna share the stories and then talk about that a little bit more at the end of it. Again, both these teachers were on the staff at the brand new middle school that we helped open. And they actually both taught the same subject, but at different grade levels. And by watching them, I was able to discern that one's North Star was more career focused. The other's North Star was more student focused. So the first one taught at the seventh grade level and his students came up from, we had pure teaming. So his students had the same four core teachers. And when they were promoted in their eighth grade year, this group of students also had the same group of four teachers as each other. So it was like the same core group of kids. So his seventh grade students were promoted to my team. So I had his students the following year. So, um, so I was really well-versed in kind of their experience with him, my experience with him. So anyway, this gentleman was very dynamic and engaging, and he was very active on the educational speaking circuit, as he had literally the summer or the May before we started teaching at this new school, he had been awarded Teacher of the Year by a major player in the U.S. education scene. I'm just, I'm going to leave it at that. But it was a big deal. So because he was on the speaking circuit, he was often out of the classroom to keynote different events. Now, when he was in the classroom, he was known for the grand sweeping activities he did with the students from marching and parading down the halls with his classes to demonstrate adjectives and adverbs to conducting classroom video conferences with scientists and other professionals who were literally out in the field. It was, it was some amazing stuff really snazzy. And I would say the administration, both at the school level, at our on our school campus, and at the district level, loved it. Like they, the, he was bringing accolades to our school system. Now, the second teacher was his counterpart on my eighth grade team. They taught the same subject. And I had a front row seat as I observed this teacher every day. He would get into the building early every morning. And while he was there, I watched as he connected with as many kids as he could. He was just revered by them. And I think especially because he was a gentleman and and I think a lot of the boys on our team really responded well to him as an authority figure. And he was able to talk and share with them. And he was very into a lot of popular culture things like TV shows and music and things like that. He was very, you know, he was one of those very hip, cool teachers, right? Hip, cool guy just in general. Now, one of the things that was his big 
mantra was to really help our students learn to think for themselves. So again, he'd get in as early as he could each day. He would connect with the kids. He'd teach them what they needed to know, specifically how to think for themselves. And then he'd get out at the end of the workday because he had two kids at home. So he was also a why guy. And you know the one I'm talking about. It's that guy who challenges all the different initiatives that the administrators roll out. And he balks at jumping into anything unless he can see how it correlates with what he's doing in his classroom for his students, right? So he wasn't a jump on the train kind of guy. He was a little bit leery and he'd jump on once he saw the value and the, um, and the rationale behind things. But he wasn't a yes guy for sure. He was a why guy. Now, again, their North Stars were very different. The first teacher's North Star was more in line with furthering his career outside the classroom. Like as I've thought about it and reflected on it and looking at the, these stories, it's clear to me that his end game was eventually to leave the classroom in order to do more um, professional development, maybe to do things more on the administrative side within the district. And so that path worked for him. Okay, and that second teacher, the one who was on my team, his North Star was making sure his students learned everything that they needed to know before they left his classroom and to connect with as many of them as he could. So they had two very different end goals in mind. The thing is, when you're going back to look at that big picture and when you're figuring out what you want your North Star to be, as a master teacher, you really do want to hit on most, if not all of those things I listed before, like connecting with your students, creating relationships with your colleagues, or communicating with parents, pleasing your administrators, jumping into leadership roles, and also making sure students leave the classroom knowing what they need to know. The trick is understanding that you cannot master all of those at the same time. And also, you need to know that when you're looking at your big picture, your North Star might change the further along that you get into your teaching. So I'm really focusing this and directing this more towards those newer, either first year or within the first couple of years of teaching. So for you beginning teachers, here's what I would say about looking at that big picture. If you are struggling to figure out what to prioritize, I would challenge you to list out all of the things like I just did that are the priorities that are kind of competing in your head right now. What are they? Is it connecting with your students? Is it impressing your administration? Is it taking on leadership roles? Is it making sure your, your students have learned what they need to learn by the end of the year? Then I want you to rank them and put them in a hierarchy. This is going to be your first step in figuring out what to prioritize and building some boundaries around that. Because truly, once you have settled on a priority, on a North Star, it really does hold space around whatever it is, and it guides all your decision making. So to figure out how to rank your list, in case you're struggling with that, because again, if you look at all those things, I would say, oh my word, like I need to do all of these, but which one is is the most important one. So to figure out how to rank that list, I would recommend using the question that Gary Keller proposes in his book, a book that I highly recommend. There's a link to it in my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP112. So Gary Keller's book, 
the one thing proposes a similar question, or basically I took his question and gave it a little bit of a twist. And here's what I want you to ask yourself. Looking at your list, which is the most important that by mastering it will make everything else easier or unnecessary? Okay. If you're multitasking, come back to me because if you don't get anything else from this episode, I want you to hear this question that you can use to guide your decision-making in your classroom. Which item is the most important that by mastering it will make everything else easier or unnecessary? So once you figure that one thing out, then go through the rest of the list asking yourself that same question over and over until you've ranked every single item. Now, I would argue that in that list, the connecting with my students, we'll use mine as an example, connecting with students, creating relationships with colleagues, communicating with parents, pleasing my administrators, jumping into leadership roles, and making sure students leave the classroom knowing what they need to know. The thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary from that list for me was making sure my students left my classroom knowing what they needed to know out of everything else on my list that was the most important that was the one that if i could do that it would make some of those other things fall into place and 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 that's the thing if you make that your first priority everything else will fall into place because here's why, just kind of walk through it with me here. If you are making sure that your main thing is having your students know what they need to know by the end of the year, then you're going to be able to connect with your students through the vehicle of your curriculum. And the same goes for your colleagues. You will be able to create relationships with them by asking for advice and suggestions for their best instructional practices for what you're teaching. And you'll be forging relationships that way. You're going to be pleasing your administrators because you're doing your job. Because really, your job is, bottom line, to make sure your kids know what they need to know by the end of the year. And I would say for this, and, and I certainly don't want to discourage leadership at all, but I would say if you're in your first year especially, I think that focusing on this question and this mastery of making sure your kids know what they need to know by the end of the year, I would say that leadership in that first year of teaching is probably unnecessary because you're in a position to really be a mentee rather than a mentor. And I would say you really want to get the lay of the land as well before you jump in and volunteer to lead anything. And I'm saying that from experience because what I found is that new teachers are so enthusiastic and so energetic and so idealistic and so ready to come in and change the world. And that's what's the best thing. Those are the best things about new teachers. But what sometimes happens is that administrators who have struggled to fill different leadership positions within their campus jump on that enthusiasm and respond to that enthusiasm by asking these newer teachers to step into to leadership roles. So I would just say just be wary of that. And it's always wise to take that first year 
just to kind of see how things work and come together so that you can make really wise decisions about where you do want to lead and the areas where you do want to have that kind of leadership impact. So once you have mastered that first thing, that making sure your kids know what they need to know by the end of the year, which again, in that first year of your teaching, you are learning what the kids need to learn by the end of the year, right? You are figuring out what it is exactly that students need to know by the end of the year, and you are working around that. And so you are on that same learning curve right along with your students. Once you've mastered that, once you've mastered the curriculum and you know what those students need to know by the end of the year, then you can go back to your list, reevaluate, and move on to mastering the next thing. But with that student learning as your North Star as a beginning teacher, you are really poised to keep the main thing the main thing, which is what I'm going to talk about in the next episode. Okay, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and talking about our North Stars. It is such a privilege to talk about the things that move us towards better connection with our teens. And, and I really do think having a very defined and clear North Star is one of the best ways to do that, is to really keep our focus and all our decision-making wrapped around that one thing so that we're consistent and we are showing up for our kids in the best way. So if you are interested in finding out more ways to create great boundaries as a teacher or just as a human, I would love for you to join my next boundaries workshop. And you can get all the details about that workshop in my show notes. Again, that is at theishgirl.com forward slash EP12. And then also, if this podcast is helpful to you at all in any way, I would love to get it out there to as many people as possible. So I would just ask that you either share a link to it to someone who you know might need it, or really the best way to help others find the podcast is to leave a rating and review on iTunes. And I would be so grateful and thrilled if you would do that so that other people can find the podcast as well. All right, friends, thank you again. And from an ish girl whose North Star is serving teachers and parents so that they can connect with teens. I'm so grateful to be in the middle of it together.